Chapter 23 The phone fell from Callie's hand. She uttered a helpless cry of protest. And then she saw the shadow hand move upward. The dark fingers slithered like snakes as the arm pulled back up into the ceiling. Gripping the sides of the ladder, her father stared blankly at Callie. I... I can't see, he cried. Daddy? Callie darted toward the ladder. I can't see. I'm totally blind, her father exclaimed in a voice choked with horror. No! Mrs. Fraser's wail floated down the stairway. Help me down, Mr. Fraser cried in panic. He gripped the ladder more tightly. Callie, help me down. I can't see. Everything is black. I can't see a thing. And then, as Callie reached up to help her father, a tiny voice floated into the room. Where are you, Daddy? Where are you, Mommy? Aren't you coming to get me? I hate hospitals, Mrs. Fraser moaned. I can't believe we were there all day. I thought we'd never get out. Callie helped her to her bedroom. Let's get you into bed, Mom. I'm going to make you a cup of hot tea, she said softly. Then I'll start dinner. Cody, help Mom, okay? Cody stepped into the room, her eyes searching every corner. I think you'd rather be in a hospital than in, in this house, she said, shuddering. We can't leave. Not while there's a chance of finding James, Mrs. Fraser said, her eyes revealing her sadness. Mom, the police were all over the house last night, Callie replied. They searched every inch. They couldn't find any sign of James. Mrs. Fraser started to sob. Cody hurried to get her some tissues. She flashed Callie a warning glance. Let's not talk about it now, Cody whispered. At least the surgery in her arm went well, Callie said, desperately trying to think of something that's cheerful to say. It still hurts so much, Mrs. Fraser complained, dabbing her tears with a wad of tissues. And how will I manage with this enormous cast? I can't even undress myself. We'll take care of you, Callie replied softly. She shuddered. She didn't want to be back in this house either. She had called their cousins from the hospital. She asked if she and her family could move in with them for a short while. The cousins generously agreed. As soon as Mr. Fraser got out of the hospital, they would pack up and drive there. Then they would be out of this terrifying place. But would their mother agree to leave without James? Callie wondered. She hadn't had the nerve to bring up the subject yet. She hadn't even told her mother that she had called her cousins. Do you think they'll let Daddy out of the hospital tomorrow? Cody asked, following Callie downstairs to help get dinner started. They'd better, Callie murmured. I don't want to spend another day here, Cody. I really don't. Leaning over her desk, Callie stared down into her open diary. The blank page gleamed under the desk lamp. I can't write tonight, Callie realized. If I do, I'll just start to cry. And I already spent all day crying. Crying for James, for Mom, for Dad, for all of us. I don't even know if I have any tears left. She stretched her arms over her head. Everything ached. Her arms, her back. I need a hot bath, she told herself. But no, not here. Not in this house. I'm afraid to get into the bathtub in this house. Still stretching, trying to stretch the aches away. She stared down at the blank diary page. I've written in my diary most nights for the past three years, she thought. But not tonight. Not tonight. She pushed a chair back and climbed to her feet. What would I write anyway, she asked herself bitterly, that my little brother has disappeared, that my mother broke her arm in two places and is in complete shock, that my father has suddenly gone blind and is lying in a hospital talking endlessly, crazily, not making any sense at all? With a loud sigh, Callie made her way to her bed. She pulled the sheet up to her chin, but still couldn't stop shaking. I'll never get to sleep, she told herself. I can't sleep in this house. I know I can't. She stared up at the ceiling, listening to the heavy silence. Despite the warmth of the night, she had shut the bedroom window tight and locked it. Her bedroom door was also shut tight. Will James's tiny voice interrupt the silence, she wondered, unable to stop her trembling, her chills. Will I begin to hear Cubby's shrill barks? James, James, where are you, she murmured aloud, and once again the tears began to flow down her cheeks. 
I have no more tears, she told herself. I have endless tears, endless tears. Her bitter thoughts were interrupted by a startling sound. Callie jerked up straight, sliding her back up against the headboard. Three knocks on the bedroom door. Three soft taps. Then a pause. Then three more soft knocks. Cody, Callie cried, her voice a choked whisper. Cody, after all this happened, how could you? Chapter 24 Cody, Callie called angrily. No reply. Three more gentle taps. Callie jumped out of bed. Cody, this isn't funny, she called. Have you totally lost it? Crossing the room quickly, Callie yanked open the door and stared out into the dark hallway. Why are all the lights out, she wondered. I told Cody to leave them all on. All of them. Peering into the darkness, she saw Cody fleeing down the hall. Her long white nightgown, the nightgown she had worn the last time she tried to scare Callie, floated behind her as she ran. Hey, Cody, come back, Callie shouted. Let's talk about this. Why are you doing this? Cody has snapped too, Callie realized sadly. The horror in this house. It has been too much for her. And now here's my sister playing at being a ghost once again. Callie let out a frightened sob. Am I the only sane one left in my whole family? She wondered. She made her way down to the dark hallway, following Cody. The white nightgown moved in blues and grays, seeming to float through the dark shadows. Cody, stop, Callie pleaded. Stop, this is so stupid. And at these words, Cody stopped and turned back to Callie. Even in the darkness, Callie could see the strange, twisted smile on her sister's face. Cody, what is it? What's wrong? Callie demanded it in a whisper. Cody, why are you grinning at me like that? Her sister didn't reply. And as Callie drew closer, close enough almost to touch her sister, she stared hard into Cody's face and saw that it wasn't Cody after all. Not Cody. Not Cody. Callie. It was Callie. Oh. Callie's eyes bulged wide with horror as she realized she was staring into her own face. Chapter 25 Callie stared in horrified silence at the creature with her face. As she stared, the creature's twisted smile grew wider. The face floated back, deeper into the shadows. You're me! You're Callie! Callie declared, frozen in fright, in confusion, in terrified amazement. They gazed at each other for a moment. One face twisted in disbelief, the other grinning its chilling grin. But why? Callie demanded, ignoring the cold chills that swept down her body. Why do you look like me? Go! The other Callie whispered. She raised her hand, the long nightgown sleeve fluttering silently, and pointed back toward Callie's bedroom. Go, she instructed. I, I don't understand, Callie stammered. Who are you? Tell me. Tell me why you look like me. She reached for the grinning girl, but her hand pushed right through her shoulder. It touched nothing. Nothing but air. Go. The grin faded as the girl repeated her order. Go back to your room and read your diary. Huh? Callie gasped at herself, at the strange duplicate of herself. My diary? Go. Go now. Callie's legs trembled. Her heart was racing. Somehow she managed to turn away. Somehow, she was able to make her way back to her bedroom. She clicked on the light. She crossed to her desk. The diary was open, just as she had left it. She clicked on the desk lamp. She bent over the diary, bringing her face down close. A new entry. There was a new entry on the open page of the diary, in Callie's handwriting. Callie moved her lips silently as she read it. I died tonight. Chapter 26 No! Callie slammed the diary shut. She heard a scornful laughter behind her. She turned to see the girl with her face floating across the room. No, Callie repeated, a cry of anger, of protest, of disbelief. I'm your ghost, Callie, the girl whispered. Your diary wouldn't lie. Callie started to cry out, but a sharp wave of pain shot up through her body. 
My feet! Her feet were burning. Callie stared down to see the floor bubbling up over them. So hot. Hot and sticky. Steaming black tar bubbling up over her feet. Hey! Callie struggled to run, but the sticky tar clung tight, pulling and holding her in its simmering heat. Help me! Callie's plea came out as a choked whisper. The burning tar was moving now, up nearly to her knees, seething and tossing, tossing like hot black ocean waves. Callie bent, reached down with both hands, and tried to pull a leg up, up from the bubbling tar. But as she bent over, hands reached up for her, a dozen hands poking right out through the steaming, bubbling tar. So many hands, tar-covered, and hot, so hot, scalding her through her nightshirt, scalding her as they grabbed her legs, her arms, hot, sticky hands, burning Callie, burning her, pulling her down into the swirling, swarming black pit. Oh, help me! Down, down. Let go, let go of me! But as the hands held on, they pulled her even deeper. Cody! she cried, as she sank into the bubbling black sea, squirming, struggling against the grip of the tar-covered hands. Callie saw her sister in the doorway, saw her sister's horrified stare, her shudder of disbelief. Cody, help me! Callie desperately reached out to her. Pull me out! Hurry! Cody stood frozen in terror, the seething tar reflected in her gaping eyes. Cody, help! Help me! As the hands pulled her down, as the steaming tar rose up over her waist, Callie leaned toward her sister, reaching out to her. Pull me out, Cody! Pull me out! She saw Cody hesitate, afraid to move, afraid she might also be pulled into the seething tar pit. But then Cody's hands shot out. Cody leaned into the room, reaching, reaching out for Callie. Hurry, Cody! Callie shrieked. Hurry! I'm burning! I'm burning! Cody's hands grabbed at Callie's, missed, grabbed again. Pull me out! Callie screamed as the putrid tar fumes swirled around her face, choking her, blinding her. Pull me out, please! Chapter 27 Callie grabbed Cody's hand, felt its strong tug, then felt it slip away. Cody, no! Cody, help me! Laughter burned Callie's ears, the scornful laughter of her own ghost. Cody, where are you? Cody! And then Callie saw the faces emerge from the rolling waves of tar. The faces of the dead. The hideous, decayed faces. Grinning skulls with their rotting teeth. Faces with empty eye sockets, dark holes where their mouths should be. Struggling, struggling to free herself as the tar-covered hands pulled her down, 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 into the putrid black heat. Callie stared at the faces as they whirled around her, at the torn lips, the toothless grins, the gaping holes in the flesh of their cheeks. So many hideous faces. Where did they all come from? Where, where, where? And why are they grinning at me like that? Why are they pulling me? Where are they taking me? Cody? Callie's last word. And then the tar rolled over her neck, up to her chin, burning her, choking her. And she had no choice. She gave in to it, gave in to the darkness, gave in to the boiling, simmering heat, gave in, gave in, gave in to the evil of the house. Callie let it bubble over her head, over her, over her, over her. And when she emerged from the tar a few moments later, she was different in every way. The evil, the overpowering evil of the house, had consumed her. Callie rose up from the seething tar, and as she rose, she realized she'd become the ghost, the ghost of herself she had met in the dark hallway. And as she floated up, she felt the century-old rage, felt all the anger, all the fury, all the smoldering evil. So much evil that the walls rang out with her scornful laughter, the laughter of a hundred tortured souls now triumphant inside her. Callie floated through the house, floated through a new world of swirling dark shadows, a ghost, an evil ghost in a house of evil, unaware of anything but her own hatred and anger. Two days later, when the Frasers returned from Callie's funeral, Callie gazed at them and felt only envy, 
gazed at her weeping sister and mother as they led a blind Mr. Fraser into the house, gazed at them and wondered, Why are they alive and I'm not? Why should they be allowed to live when I'm dead? Watching Cody collapse onto her bed, racked with sobs, Callie felt nothing but hatred and desire for revenge. What are you crying about, Cody? Callie thought, overwhelmed with bitterness. You won! You're still alive! The family packed up the car the next morning. Callie watched from the window, watched them pause in the driveway. She saw Mrs. Fraser cling tightly to Callie's father, both of them finally convinced they would never see James again. She saw Cody standing close behind as they took their last look at the house that had ruined their lives. There she is! I see her! Cody screamed suddenly. Huh? See who? Mrs. Fraser demanded in a trembling voice. I see Callie, Cody cried. There, in the window, she pointed frantically. See her? See her mother? Cody, get in the car, Mrs. Fraser replied sternly. There's no one in the window. Just turn around and get in the car. But Cody didn't obey. Callie watched her as she took two steps closer to the window. I'll come back for you someday, Callie, Cody called. I promise, I'll come back for you. Cody's solemn vow made Callie laugh. If you do come back, dear sister, you'll be sorry, she uttered to herself, a bitter promise of her own. You'll be very sorry. She watched her family climb into the car. Then, as Mrs. Fraser backed down the driveway, Callie let out a long, furious wail that shook the walls and rattled the windows. It was a wail of fury, of hatred, of evil, that she hoped would follow her family wherever they went. Epilogue Callie floated through the swirling grays in a kind of half-sleep. She didn't fully awaken until the new family moved in. It was an afternoon in early fall. She heard Mr. Lorry, the real estate agent, outside in a driveway. Peering out of the window, she saw his ghastly smile, saw his gray suit jacket flapping in a strong breeze, saw his bone-pale hand waving as he welcomed the newcomers to the house. The newcomers. Two parents opening the front door, followed by their teenage son. Good-looking guy, Kelly thought, floating close. Wavy black hair, flashing brown eyes. The front porch will have to be painted first, she heard the woman say to Mr. Lorry. Look around, Brant, the father told the boy. This is our new start, a wonderful new beginning. Don't be so sure about that, Callie thought cruelly. Don't be so sure. Watching Brant, Callie was already making plans. To be continued. <laughs>